Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 91 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast, little podcast, a little podcast, little podcast, little podcast, podcast, a little cod, a little codcast, codcast. A little podcast that I do about the art and things, and this one is about the things. It certainly is because we're going to be talking about lucid dreaming. I'm going to talk a little bit about the power of interpreting. How I think interpreting the dreams is just as, if not more, important than the actual dream. It's, it's amazing. But what I'm going to do is I I'm going to talk about five little lucid dreams I've had over the past month. I've already recorded three of them, and the first one, I'm, I'm calling it Muji. The second one, I'm calling it Nan. The third one, I called it Dad, with a question mark. And then I'm going to record two new ones today. One is called Wooden Birds, where I saw some little wooden birds. And then another one, I'm going to call it Bouncy Bouncy. So they're quite fun, these little dreams. Very insightful, though, which is why I think it's... It's all about how you interpret the dream just as much as the actual dream. So little Dennis is here with us. And if you go onto YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you can watch this podcast as a video. You can also find show notes and everything at sophielawson.com. But let's jump right into this one because it's going to be, a, I think this one's going to be a long one. Because the, the videos I've already recorded are about 40 minutes. So this one might be a bit long. I hope you are still listening after last week's episode, which was a complete madness. But how am I going to do this? What I'm, going to, I'm just going to say something. So I'll probably talk about this all throughout the other dreams. But like when you're interpreting dreams, it's amazing how much you didn't realize. It's almost like what it seems like to me, and you'll you'll see this over some of these dreams. I had a dream, especially the one with my dad. I had a dream about my dad. And then as I was, I thought it was just about my dad. But as I was talking about the dream on the podcast and interpreting the dream, I suddenly started to realise it was, it was going much deeper into sort of like, I would almost say psychological issues and stuff, like really deep subconscious things so it gets me thinking because i think if we have something if something happens in our life in like our childhood let's say something happens and you don't it's not very nice and so you, you do that thing where your mind blocks it out so you forget about it and, and your your mind goes blank so you don't even remember it but i think you do remember it <laughs> so inside your head the memory of whatever happened is still there. It's just you can't remember it. But I think when you're dreaming, the, the dream is bringing to the surface these things because I think it probably knows that you need to you need to face them to, because I think I've got I've got a lot of limiting beliefs and I just don't know where they're coming from. Really, I really don't know where they're coming from. But I think. I think in the dreams, the dream is trying to show you, I think the dream is actually, it can show you what is causing some of your like issues and stuff, 
but it's all about when you're interpreting them because what happens is as you're interpreting the dream you start remembering memories that you'd forgotten about like on one of these i'm talking about my dad how my dad used to do this action with his arm where he raised his arm as a joke but as i was talking i realized it was going into this thing about like being bullied at school and stuff and the weird thing is i'd completely forgotten about that so like because of that dream so if i just had that dream and i hadn't i hadn't bothered talking about it i would have just left it as a dream about my dad and and that would have been it it was only once i started talking about it that i started i started making connections to other things so like now because i've now got this now i've unearthed this connection to like bullying at school and stuff I can now, I can now, I can now start thinking about that in meditations and stuff, but also in my dreams. Yeah, there's definitely something going on here with my, with my childhood. Something really quite strange going on. But so, so all I really wanted to say was, having the dream, having the dream, and remembering your dreams. So keeping a dream diary. I don't feel like that's enough. I feel like you have to keep the dream diary. Remember, remember your dreams, and keep note of your dreams. But you also have to start analysing your dreams, because that's where the real wisdom is. So it ends up being like it's almost as if your your dream self and your waking self are both working together to overcome these like these issues. It's quite cool, really. It's like the dream gives you this information, but it gives you this information in really cryptic imagery and then when you're awake you can start trying to unravel it once you've unraveled it you can go back into the dream with this new information and then so it's just like it's just never ending you're just getting closer and closer to the truth but i wonder whether it's doing that because it it can't just come straight out of it because maybe it just let's say for instance you had been bullied at school and it really affected you, and then you had a dream about it, it might just be too much. So it does it in this way where it, it make it the dream presents you the information in a way that you unravel it, but you unravel it really slowly and in a in a safe way so that you can deal with it. That's it's amazing. If the, if that's what's going on, it's incredible. Because it's almost like the mind it's like the mind is trying to help you. Yeah, but it has to it has to do it in this really cryptic way because it it's the only way it can help you. It's quite it's quite amazing. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play now the first three dreams, and the, and like I said, Muji, Nan, and Dad. So I'll, I'll play them those little clips now, and then I'll come back and talk about the other two dreams. <coughs> da, da, da. So this little lucid dream is from the 27th of November which was last night, and I've called it Muji. So Muji is this little spiritual bloke on YouTube, and he basically talks about, he just talks about being, he talks about the mind really, talks about all the stuff, the thoughts in your mind, and how you can find inner peace really. He's a beautiful being, but he's full of wisdom. So 
one of my little goals for the lucid dreaming for about maybe two weeks has been to find Muji. That's the problem. This is a little problem. I, I put the quote, the, the goal, I put it as Muji. I didn't define my goal enough and that plays out in this lucid dream. So last night I was able to finally meet Muji in a lucid dream and what I put here is before I went to bed I said I will become lucid tonight and talk to Muji and I achieved, I achieved it. So what happened was I went to sleep, I didn't have any dreams for about 8 hours, I woke up, went to the toilet, had a bowl of cereal and then I went back to bed. So I, I did do the wake back to bed, I, was, I would have been awake for about 30 minutes, 20 minutes maybe. I went back to bed and then I had a lucid dream. So now this is amazing. This goes back into something that I talked about on the last About the Tings episode, which was about lucid dreams. And I said, I wondered if false awakenings, false awakenings is where you you wake up in a dream, or you have a dream and you wake yourself up. You think you've woken up into like waking state, but you're actually still asleep. So false awakening is you realise that you're still asleep when you thought you'd woken up. And w- what they do is they, they replicate reality almost perfectly. There's always there's just something slightly wrong with it. So my reality checks have always been light switches. If I hit the light switch and the lights go off, it means I'm it means I'm not dreaming. Yeah, if the lights if the lights work it means I'm awake. So in a lucid dream, sometimes you'll hit the light switch, but the lights won't go off or they won't come on. So if you're if you hit the light switch and the lights don't work, you know you're dreaming. Well, this is weird. Last night, I had a lucid dream. I met Muji. I then I woke up. I hit the light switch to see if I was awake. The lights were working, but they were they weren't quite working. So I I hit the light. And the light turned off about four seconds after I hit the light switch. I turned it back on and it turned back on about four seconds after. And it tricked my mind because I thought to myself, there was part of me thinking, hang on, the lights have got a delay. I must be dreaming. But then I also said, but the lights are working. They've never worked in a dream before. So I must be awake. And, And I fell for that. So again, I feel like these false awakenings are tricking us. I'm convinced, and it sounds a bit like there's something manipulating you, but but I'm starting to realise, or starting to think, I'm wondering whether negative and positive are, it's actually both us, so what it is is, what it is is, it's your mind is sabotaging yourself from waking up, so you're doing it yourself, there's no evil entity out there trying to stop you waking up to make you forget it's you <laughs> it's a part of you that that doesn't want you to wake up which is incredible if that's what's going on that's that's insane because that means it's it's yourself sabotaging yourself from waking up that's it's just it gets incredible this is getting mad now it's like you're you you yourself are becoming your becoming an enemy yeah I would say sort of an enemy but at the same time you're also the thing that is 
making yourself remember. So you're both at the same time. Weird. I'm I'm trying to work out whether whether I am actually neither of them and whether there's a positive and a negative and I'm the thing in the middle or am I everything? It's it's it confuses me a little bit. But basically in this dream I had so many false awakenings and I can't even remember how many, but the last one I again woke up and I thought I cannot believe that I'm still in a dream because I thought I'd woken up about five dreams ago and what I did was I, I, I'm in this dream I'm going to talk about the Muji bit in a minute but I, I was in this dream I was at work face to face with either my mum or my sister and I, I realised I was dreaming and I said I said to her we're dreaming I held her hand and I started levitating in the, in this dream so but what as I was doing that there was a thought in my head saying hang on a minute I'm still dreaming I thought I'd woken up like about half an hour ago and I was thinking I've forgotten all the dreams that had happened before but because I was levitating I, I wanted to stay there so what I did was me and my it was even my mum and my sister but let's just say me and this lady we started flying around the ceiling at work in the stream I look around and there was a load of flying vampires following us. Now, how, how sort of, um, what's the word? How sort of symbolic is that? Vampires following us. It's again, it's the same sort of thing. You're, you've got a lucid dream with Muji, which was beautiful. It's super important that you wake up and remember it because it is potentially life changing. You've got to remember it. You're, let's just say you're self-sabotaging yourself from waking up. Which means you've got more chance of forgetting this dream. So it's almost like you've got something sabotaging you from waking up. At the same time, you're in the dream flying around. You've got these vampires following you. Which is almost like symbolic of sabotaging. Because that's what vampires do. They leech. Yeah, they're taking your energy away. So, it's just, I woke up and thought, why was there vampires? Why would I? Yeah, I didn't create those vampires. So there must be a reason for them being vampires. It was so random. Very, very random. But I finally woke up after that. Started to write my dreams, my dream, all these dreams out. And what had happened was, I'd forgotten quite a lot of it. So the thing that happened before Muji completely forgot because I know that Muji, were, the Muji bit was after a couple of other dreams. So I'd already been having false awakenings when Muji showed up. So what happened was I woke up in the dream. I was in my bed in a, in a false awakening. I just had a lucid dream. And I as I woke up, because what had happened was the dream before, I'd, I'd been going up doing stuff I, I later re- I later remembered what it was and what it was was <laughs> I was upstairs at my sister's and Bobby the dog had peed all over the floor and that had made me become lucid because it was so random that all this the floor was covered in wheat which is impossible so I knew I was dreaming at which point I said I've got to go and see Muji and that woke me up but into a false awakening so I was now in my bed with the goal of seeing Muji what happened was I well there was the cat the cat that keeps jumping in my window was on the bed and 
at first I went to strangle the cat for some reason. Strangle. I got strangled as a child. I just thought about that. But as I went to be horrible to this cat, I said, no, just because you're dreaming doesn't mean you can be horrible to things. So I stopped that. And then I went to go, because again, when whenever I'm in a f- false awakening like that, it's normally I'm in the void. But I know I'm in my bedroom. Everything is where it is. You can feel everything, but you can't see nothing. So this cat was there. I was going to take the cat with me down the stairs. And I actually said, no, you're not coming with me because you're going to be a distraction. Because you're a distraction. That's how focused I was on getting to Muji. So I walked down the stairs. I go out the front door. And the thing was, my goal was, I set my goal as find Muji. So, And I, remem- I remembered when I woke up and wrote the dream out. I remembered Robert Wagner in his book, Lucid Dreaming Gateway to the Inner Self. He said, how you phrase your goal is important because the the dream will give you exactly what you want. So if you, if you, I phrased it as, I, my goal is to find Muji. That means my dream is going to be finding Muji. It's not going to be actually talking to Muji. So the, the dream ended up becoming my quest to find Muji, which, which I got frustrated because I couldn't find him. If I had said at that point, like for instance, if I said when I open this door, Muji's going to be there, Muji would have been there. So I've later realised that I had phrased it wrong. But again, I had to make that mistake to realise. So what happened was I I was out on the street, desperately trying to find Muji. I couldn't find him. I got I started crying. I could feel in the dream, proper crying, and I was shouting Muji. Nothing happened. I woke up, I'm back in a dream, so I've woken up back in a dream, and then all of a sudden I turned around, Muji is sat on my pillow, Muji is sat on my pillow, talking to me, and I could see his beautiful brown eyes, just staring at me, I was like getting lost in his eyes, and he was talking to me, but this, you got to remember, this happened before all the other dreams, so I, I started to... By the time I'd woken up, I'd, I'd forgotten what some of the stuff he said. The there's he said some stuff. The only there's only, well there's something a little bit weird about this. Muji was sat on my bed, and I looked away. Or I looked down. I looked back up. Muji was suddenly. It was, it was like he was on a piece of paper. It was weird. It was like a piece of paper with a video feed on it. So. Muji was, one minute Muji was sat on my bed, the next minute he was on this piece of paper. And it's quite funny because my thought in the dream was, Muji's obviously so busy that he's got to do this via video conference, <laughs> which I think that's quite funny. That's the sort of thoughts I was having as, as I was talking to him. But I was, I, I was crying because looking into his eyes, it was, he, it was, well, this is the thing, I've, I've thought to myself, was that really Muji or was that me just creating a version of Muji fascinating that is like I I don't know I would love to think it was actually Muji that popped into my dream but he says something incredible here I've got to find what he said because I've forgotten it what did he say what he said is is amazing these I wrote here these those beautiful eyes yeah and what I've put here is, despite all these false awakenings, 
Muji was too powerful to forget. In other words, if this experience with Muji hadn't been as incredible as it was, I wouldn't. I would have woke up and not even realised I'd been speaking to Muji. But he said, I can't find what he said here. Yes, here it is. He said. So he he said some. I can remember what he said, but I can't remember what he said at the start. Because at the minute I'm struggling with these video games things, and I'm trying to work out what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Muji said something along the lines of, "You're thinking too much." It was something like that, but it wasn't that. But the bit I can remember, clear as anything, is he said, focus on doing your best. Focus on doing your best. And the the intuition thing that I got was he was saying, you're thinking about all this stuff and all that stuff. Forget about it. Focus on doing your best. And like, how amazing is that? Focus on doing your best. In other words... Yeah, stop thinking too much about whether you should be doing this or should be doing that. Just do your best. And if you make mistakes, it doesn't matter. Uh, Again, even like this dream, I made a mistake how I phrased my goal. But it doesn't matter because I've had this beautiful experience here. If I had phrased my goal differently, maybe I wouldn't have had this experience. So it's, it's incredible. This is one of the best dreams best dreams I've ever had because I can still right now see his eyes there was this there was this connection going on with his eyes it's it's like his eyes were universes it's as if there was these universes inside of his eyes that that was amazing and the fact that he was sat on my bed on my pillow it's, it's, it's like beautiful amazing imagine if he was sat on your imagine if he was sat on your bed all night <laughs> looking after you I'll quickly go through this just to see if there's anything else I've missed so I've put many dreams here lots of false awakenings Uh, I took yeah I looked deep into his eyes vampires following me and I've put mum but I'm not sure if it was and I said funny was in bed with me and then when I woke up this is quite funny when I woke up funny was sat on the bed on the pillar (laughs) Which is quite cool. Ah, oh, this is amazing. Whilst Muji, this is amazing. This is why I love interpreting dreams. So I'm sat, I'm sat in this dream. I've just woken up, but I'm in the dream. Muji's talking to me, and as he's talking to me, there was loads of noise and distractions going on all around me. So I could hear just so much noise, like in my environment inside the dream that I couldn't quite hear Muji talking and I had to really focus on his what he was saying to hear him which I think how amazing is that as well it's like the dream was saying you've got to focus on Muji it, that's my interpretation of it you've got to focus on Muji but also you've got to focus you've got to like focus on what he's saying to because you have when you listen to Muji talking there's so much wisdom, but you have to focus. Yeah, but I just thought, when I when I wrote that down and I realised what it was doing, it's it's like the dream was saying, focus on Muji, which is amazing. Yeah, I've just put lots of false awakenings. Yeah, this is this is weird. That's weird. One of the false awakenings 
it was after Muji, but before my final false awakening, one of those in the middle, I had this, I had this f- strange feeling where I could feel myself re-entering my body. Yeah, like clicking into my body. Very weird. But I spoke about before, when you're, when you're coming normally out of a false awakening, when you come out of a false awakening and go back into your physical body, it's accompanied by this weird fuzzy feeling and I was trying to explain it and I feel like I've, I've got a really good way of explaining it. It's You know sometimes you get that butterfly feeling in your belly and it feels like, yeah, like butterflies in your belly. Well, this feeling as you are coming out of a lucid dream or a false awakening or when you're going, I feel like it's when your spirit is going back into your body that that feeling feels like that fuzzy feeling feels like butterflies all over your body so it feels like that butterfly feeling in your belly but it's all over your body which is beautiful it's quite a sort of yeah it's like a it's like a wavy floaty feeling uh, i love that feeling and that's what happened there so as i re-entered i could feel myself click in but I could also feel the fuzzy thing. And I remember in the in that moment thinking in the dream, ah, I've just gone back into my body. But the thing was, I was still in the lucid dream. I was still in the false awakening. So, yeah, I'm really finding that these lucid dreams, I'm really finding that the mind is it's incredibly sneaky. In it. But the thing is, it's adapting. So as I'm... It's like it's adapting with me. So as I'm realising that I've got to be more aware of these false awakenings, it's like it's now it's now starting to adapt by making the lights work and stuff. It's it's incredible. You've really got to work. You've really got to like you've you've got to be really on on the ball. <laughs> you've got to be on the ball to maintain your awareness out of the lucid dreams. It's pretty incredible. I mean, getting into a lucid dream is hard, but it's, it's you know, it's mad coming out of them as well. It's not guaranteed that you're... I, I just wonder, it, make, it makes me wonder how many lucid dreams are we having that we're forgetting about? Fascinating. <laughs> One little thing that I'm just going to say here is I'd wrote all these dreams out and I could not for the life of me remember the dream before Muji. But I... I I still know that it was a massive, long, lucid dream. Loads of stuff going on before that. I can't remember any of it. But what happened was, and this is what's quite cool, I got out of bed, like, properly, and the cat was on the floor. So I looked down at the floor, and there was, what it was, There's the light was shining, and it was casting a little shadow. And what happened was, I saw, I saw, like, a weird shadow shape on the floor, and it triggered a memory and I thought it reminded me of the floor being covered in wee in that lucid dream which made me that's what triggered me to go into the Muji dream so it's almost like it's almost like the the lucid dreams that we've forgotten about they must still be in there somewhere but you you need something to trigger the memory but so I'm thinking to myself all these dreams that we've ever had our whole life they must still be inside of us somewhere. It's just there's no connection being made. So it's, it's almost like the waking state 
was connecting with the dream state. And I'm sure because I was still half asleep, because I'd only just gotten out of bed. I'm sure I was still sort of in that weird place. But And that's happened before, where I've gone to work, like five hours later, and I've I've remembered a dream, like a really powerful lucid dream the night before, which I'd forgotten about. So it's it's amazing. So it's just amazing. It's I absolutely love I love this. Uh, that's basically it for this one. And this little mo- lucid <laughs> I was going to call it a moose emoji dream. This little li- this little lucid dream is called Muji. Keeping it nice and simple. Muji. Little Peter has decided it is time for the next lucid dream. Little Dennis is actually sleeping at the moment. He's he's dreaming. <laughs> he's dreaming. But so I've got two little lucid dreams here. The first one from the 9th of December, day 737 on my dream diary. I'm calling this one it's Nan. Excitement. <laughs> and these are these are these are these I've done some rapping. These are very little lucid dreams. The second one, day 739, so it's two days later. It was actually last night, the 11th of December, and I'm calling this one Dad. Dad? Dad? Is that you, Dad? Fascinating dreams. So, what this this one here, this first one, which I'm calling it's Nan. This is very strange, this one. It's not so much the lucid dream that I remember the most. It's what happened before it. So my my goal for this dream, my goal before going to bed in my dream diary, I'd wrote Muji and I said, yes, I will see Muji. As I drifted off to sleep, I saw very vividly a little robin, which I thought was amazing. It's I actually woke myself up I was drifting off to sleep saw this little robin and I woke myself up to write it down but it it was like one of these crystal clear visions every now and again you see them like really crystal clear and I've put here I was waving bye to people on a plane yeah I had this really weird dream about planes but so what happened here was this lucid dream I didn't remember what happened before it until after it which is a bit weird so I'll talk about the lucid dream first so my goal was to see Muji and as I became lucid it was in another false awakening in my bed again in the in the void in the darkness but I could sense the bedroom so I said Muji I said Muji my goal was to find Muji so I went out my I went out my door my bedroom door into the passage it's still quite dark but I live in a shared house and the weird thing is in my in false awakenings it seems to render to perfection the house it's really weird so in the passage it was still quite dark but I could just faintly make out things and I live in a shared house opposite there's another room the person in the other room opened their door exactly as I opened my door and he, st- he suddenly started running towards me and he jumped towards me, which you would have thought would be a bit scary. But I all I, d- I just jumped into him. So we both jumped into each other as, and like went through each other. It was really weird. 
And then I went, I went out the doors, I went downstairs, I was shouting Muji, shouting Muji. But again, I couldn't find him. Muji is really hard to find for some reason. I don't know why that is. But then I, what I did was I returned to my room because I was struggling to find him. I returned to my room and I said, when I opened my door, well, I said I was going to find Muji. But for some reason, I said, this is the weird thing where you're in, you're sort of controlling what you're doing, but you're also not. It's a bit weird. I'm going to talk about that in the next dream. So I, I said, when I open this door, I'm going to see Nan. I don't know whether I got frustrated with find, trying to find Muji and not being able to find him. But I said, I'm going to find Nan. So I, I opened the door and I heard next time. Yeah, this was really weird. My nan said something which really stuck with me. So the first bit, she was saying the first little bit of it, I can't quite remember. It was something along the lines of, instead of going into these lucid dreams, thinking about these sort of goals, she said, next time you die or sleep. No, she said, next time, die or sleep for a purpose. Which I thought, what the... And then I've put it here with a question mark, lucid goal. Is she saying that I'm going after the wrong type of lucid goal? Like maybe I shouldn't be going after Muji. The problem is I'm going after Muji, but it's kind of like, why am I going after Muji? I've not really, I've not really defined why I want to find Muji. So Muji is this spiritual master. I really, I just wanted to talk to him to get some wisdom. He gave me some wisdom in the last lucid dream but for the like week that's followed I've just continued to try to find Muji but Nan said next time you die or sleep for a purpose next time next time die or sleep for a purpose which I think that's quite quite powerful because it's almost like she's saying well firstly she's saying next time you die so does that mean we've died before and she's also saying sleep for a purpose so I came away from that again lucid dreams are all about really how you interpret what you're what you're seeing so I I interpret that as I've got to get my goal my dream goal before I go to bed I've got to have a better purpose for my dream goal and what's quite quite amazing is yeah what, what's quite amazing is after this dream I changed my dream goal and then I had a pretty a pretty powerful lucid dream that followed. So the thing that's really amazing about this, this dream session is the dream that came before it. So before this dream, which is what came before this false awakening. So the dream before this lucid dream was a it was like a semi lucidy thing which went into a false awakening. So what happened was I was in this it looked like it was like a dream school. A load of people in the in a classroom, really weird random people. It was like we was all getting taught on dream stuff. So I was standing there. I can still see it in my head. It's really again a crystal clear one. I'm standing in this room. There's loads of people around. I can't. What were they talking about? Yeah, they weren't talking about. Oh, they were talking about what stuff. But what happened was this this bloke over here. There was a couple of blokes, one of them, you know like how a comedian, if a comedian touches something, 
it turns into it. With this bloke's face, it was the same design as his jumper. So he had like a Christmas jumper on. But the design of his Christmas jumper had somehow gone over his skin. And I was looking at him thinking, that's really weird. I was thinking, that's really weird. I, I should have become lucid though, but I, I didn't. I was just thinking, that's really weird. And then what happened was somebody here started smoking. As they blew the smoke out, the smoke seemed to have like a a shape of its own. It was as if the, the shape of the smoke was like a physical form. And I was thinking, that is really weird. The next thing I know, I'm, I'm like leaning forward, but not falling. It's like I'm floating forwards. And all of a sudden, everybody in the room was floating forwards. And it felt like, to me, it felt like that bloke was smoking some sort of drugs. And when he breathed it out, everyone in the room just suddenly got taken in by this drug. And it was just like a floaty, beautiful feeling. And I was just thinking, this is amazing. And then the next thing, I I woke into that I woke into that false awakening. What else have I put down here? Yeah, trippy, I've put trippy classroom people's faces, like a multicoloured. Yeah, and it's I said it was moving. So he had he had the design of the jumper on his face, but it was moving. Very weird. I put it here very trippy. It was it was one of the most amazing feelings ever. I've put here. Someone started smoking. Yes, I remember that now. The guy smoked. It, the thing came out as a form. Somebody started chanting. Like going, um. <laughs> they were doing that. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the room was going, um. And then, and then I floated forward. Everybody else floated forward. And I put it here. We all sort of folded into each other. It's I can't explain that. That it was it was it was trippy. Beautiful experience. The weird thing is I've had a similar I've had a similar experience to that. One of my first ever lucid dreams, which happened it was actually about my second or third lucid dream. What happened was I was I was on getting onto a bus and this lady was she had a bus ticket and she threw it in my face and was like laughing at me. But I had that same sort of trippy feeling. I've never taken drugs, so I don't know what it's like. But this feeling, which is like a floaty, yeah, it's beautiful. It's what I imagine taking drugs would feel like. It's, I love that feeling. It's almost a little bit, it's almost a little bit like when you are about to go into an outer body, when you're about to go into an outer body, you can sort of feel your body go fuzzy. And it feels like there's this butterfly fly feeling all over your body. It's got that same sort of floaty feeling about it. It's beautiful. I love that. And like I said, that, that experience was almost more powerful than the lucid dream. But what I loved about that was that lucid dream, my nan, I heard what happened was, yeah, I kept, when I opened the door and I said, nan will be here. As I opened the door, I heard my name being called and I said, nan, is, is that you, nan? 
and then she came towards me like my nan came out of the darkness out of like the fog because the darkness is like a foggy void thing she came out of it and as she came into vision i could see her clearly i thought oh my god it's nan it was my nan again crystal clear representation was it my nan i don't know or was it like a representation whatever it was it it was my nan like proper detailed my nan right in front of my face amazing the thing is though it's so amazing that it wakes you up or at least at the moment it does again you thing with lucid dreaming is you've got to learn how to control your emotions because if if you're if you become too excited or too scared you'll wake up and it's the same thing that happened in this next lucid dream so the next lucid dream which was from the 11th of december i changed my goal and my goal was now inner child so i wanted to i've gone back to the goal that i had a few months ago which seemed to be a bit too hard which is i want to i want to have a conversation with my inner child i've got a feeling there's something I got a feeling there's something really powerful that my I've got to I've got to find my inner child. It's proving very hard though. At least it was the last time I tried to find him or her. I don't even know whether my inner child is a I don't even know what gender they are to be honest. <laughs> it's gonna be quite fascinating to see it's gonna be fascinating to see what not just what they say but what they look like. So what happened in this one was Again, this this is like another beautiful session of dreaming. It's not just the lucid dream here, it's it's all of it. So I had this I had this my goal is to see my inner child. A, a regular goal a dream that I had before the lucid. I found myself outside my old childhood home in Salt Ash where I was a little child. For some reason I was walking around the street picking up all the leaves. Like all the dead leaves, I was picking up all these dead leaves. And what happened was, I was standing on this really soggy mud. It felt like, it felt like the mud had, like, um, what's it called? Big drops either side. It almost felt like if you fell off this sluggy, sludgy mud, you were going to fall into, like, an oblivion. Like, it, it was like, each side had these really, so I, I felt like I've got to stay in the middle here. But the thing was, it was all squidgy, so I felt like I could have fallen through it. But I was picking these little, these dead leaves up. The thing was, they were sort of stuck in this squidgy, in this mud, so I had to peel them out. So what I did was, I I picked up these leaves. I had like a little, some little container with me. I put the container down here, because I was, the, the, the mud was underneath a bank. So I put the little container underneath the mud and started brushing these dead leaves into it because there were so many of them. When I pulled the container out, on the, one of the leaves was this massive beetle. It didn't move or nothing, and I I went I went I like I sort of screamed inside of the dream, and then I woke myself up, and it was one of those moments where you're you're so sort of I suppose scared. You're so sort of scared that you you become a little bit afraid to go back into the dream. And yeah, it sort of stays with you. So I wrote it down. But what I wrote as I wrote it down was, or what I realised was, the little beetle, it didn't do nothing. 
it, it didn't move. So there was no reason to be scared of it. And it's almost like, I look at this as if it's, it's, it's like a test. Because I put the thing underneath there. I didn't know what was underneath there. I pulled it out and the beetle almost represented me like going face to face with the unknown. But the thing was, there was no reason to be afraid of it. If I had sat there and said, if I could have interrupted me being scared, I could have said, that's a beautiful little beetle because it's really big. I could have like looked at it and stuff and it it wasn't going to hurt me or nothing. I, I never felt afraid of it. It's just my reaction without even thinking about it was to be scared because I also threw the container over here to like get rid of it and what I did was I dropped all the leaves back on the mud so all all these leaves that I picked up they ended up back on the mud the thing with this is I haven't I've only just had this dream so I haven't interpreted it enough <laughs> interpreted it enough but I feel like there's some sort of there's some sort of um important message in that I think the fact that you're picking up dead leaves outside your childhood home and then you're getting scared by a beetle something in that so what happened what happened then was I finally got back to sleep about an hour later what I did was I had some cereal so I did like the wake back to bed technique I took this opportunity to stay awake for a little bit of time before going back to bed because that increases your chance of having a lucid dream it's weird. Every single time I wake up for about an hour and eat some cereal, I would say nine times out of ten, I would have some form of a lucid dream, even if it's just like a false awakening or something. So that technique is quite amazing. This next dream is uh, unbelievable. So what happened was I had this big, long, massive dream where I was watching somebody a group of people trying to do a bank robbery but what's so weird about this one is i was i was inside of the dream but i was also outside of the dream so i'm like i'm i can't even explain that it's that weird thing again where it's like i'm observing the dream whilst at the same time being inside of the dream so i almost i can't i don't know what's going on there it's very it's a really weird feeling though Especially when you wake up and you start thinking about it. So what happened in this one was, probably about six months ago maybe, my dream goal was to was all about my dad. Because I again, I feel like there's something... Some of my limiting beliefs are linked to my dad, my childhood. And there's massive fear in this, I think. Because talking about my childhood, one of in one of my dreams like ages ago, I had this dream where I was outside my childhood home, the same place from this previous dream, and I was I went up to the front door, I went up to the front door, the front door opened, and a voice boomed out, a really scary, creepy voice. I can't quite remember, it was something like, get out, get out. And it, it was one another one of those sort of terrifying feelings, so there is definitely something... There's definitely something like really some subconscious fear based around my childhood that I've got to face, I think. So this one is all about my dad. So I'm in this dream. This is going to be weird as well. I'm inside of this dream about this bank robbery 
this lady inside of the bank robbery went to the toilet. She's a lady, but she she was standing up to wee. So this is what's weird here is, I was the lady in that dream. When she went to the toilet and stood up to have a wee, I suddenly started thinking, she's like me, She's she must have a willy. At which point, that's when I realised that I wasn't in the dream. I was observing the dream. But I was still the lady in the toilet. So that's when things started to get a bit weird. And then the lady came out of the toilet, went into the room. Somebody was knocking at the door. There had been a bloke in the room with her. He had disappeared. So she she wanted to get away, away from these people because they had just done a bank robbery. And I feel like it was the police coming after her. So she went out She went out the window down this massive, what's it called, zip line. <laughs> at which point I became in the dream. At this point I was in the dream. And we were in a basement looking for stuff. What were we looking for? In a basement finding toys. So again, childhood, you're looking for toys. Yeah, we were looking for toys or something for a girl who had just lost her child. And I said, we're all doing this crap no one wants to do. We feel trapped. So I was I was having this big conversation with this person about how in life we're all doing stuff that we don't want to be doing. Like day jobs and stuff. And it's it's making us feel trapped. Now this is where it gets really weird. I turned around and said, do you feel trapped, dad? Do you feel trapped, dad? I mean, how amazing is this? So I turned around, I said, do you feel trapped, Dad? My dad was standing there, again, like my nan, crystal clear. Perfect, perfect dad, it was my dad. I haven't seen my dad for about, is it two years or something? Because I I chose to walk away while I focus on my mind and stuff. So, but I feel like my dad's got a key to my limiting beliefs. But my dad was standing there. And he, he he had this massive smile on his face. Like, it was as if his whole face was a smile. He, he looked beautiful, really. And I was thinking, you look amazing, Dad. And then when I, I looked at him, he had this beautiful smile on his face. And I said, do you feel trapped? Do you feel trapped, Dad? He had these little tears in his eyes. It, it looked... The weird thing is, it looked like... It looked like there was somebody trapped inside my dad. It's weird, but he looked really happy and peaceful. He looked, and I was, and I was, I was, he just looked really, he looked really happy. He almost looked, this can sound a bit weird, he almost looked a bit like Muji, the spiritual master. He looked like Muji, but he was my dad. It's quite amazing. But what happened was, I said, I kept saying, do you feel trapped, dad? Do you feel trapped, dad? And after one of those sentences, I said, Dad, Dad, <laughs> Dad. And I, I said, Dad, I said, this is Dad. I That made me become lucid because I realised it was Dad. And because I, I guess because I haven't seen Dad for so long, I realised I must be dreaming. And then what happened was, now this is amazing. In one of my old lucid dreams, I become lucid and I was sitting on a sofa next to my dad. And inside of the dream... I wanted to hug dad. One of my goals was to hug dad. So I'm in this dream, fully lucid. I can I can control what I want to do. So in that moment, I had the opportunity to hug my dad. 
this is where it gets really weird, I couldn't do it. So even though, even though I, because I started thinking, is what's going on here, is our mind and our heart, is our mind and our heart inside of the dream lucid at the same time? So is what's going on, our heart or our subconscious, is that is that normally in control of our dream actions? When you become lucid, your mind goes into the dream. So your mind, it's almost like your mind wakes up. So you can you you can start using your mind to manipulate the dream and especially your actions. But what I'm thinking is, is it possible that you can be lucid in the dream, your mind fully wants to do something, but if your heart isn't ready to do it, your heart which you can't you can't control that in a dream. Your heart is going to be true. So if your heart doesn't want to hug your dad, no matter how much your mind is saying you've got to hug your dad because it will help you, your heart is going to win. Your heart's always going to be more powerful in the dream, I think. But what you can do is when you wake up, you can use your mind to help your heart. So it's almost like you in the waking state, you can use your mind to open up your heart so that when you're in a dream your heart is opened so you can then use your mind to start playing with the dream it's a little bit weird but in this one I saw my dad and I just hugged him and I, I, I was thinking in that moment that I started hugging him the most it was beautiful so I'm hugging my dad in this dream and I'm I'm thinking because I'm fully lucid I'm thinking I've hugged my dad in the dream and I started remembering this other dream where I couldn't hug him. <laughs> so it's, it's weird. Inside of this dream, I'm remembering a previous dream, how I couldn't hug him. And now I could. And it, it, this dream is so powerful because I feel like when I wake up, I, f- I feel like something's happened. Yeah, it feels like something happened in that dream. It's almost like, it's it's almost as if my heart is saying, I fully... I fully, I, w- I want to say forgiven, but I don't know what I would have to be saying forgiven for. So again, maybe my heart knows something that I don't about me and my dad or something. So it's as if my heart has worked something out with my dad and my mind isn't fully aware of what is worked out. So it's got to go into my mind now, but my heart is is now ready for my mind to work it out. This is it's what I feel like. I, w- I always wanted to hug Dad in a dream, in a lucid dream, months ago. Now, yes, it was a true hug. That's the thing, it was a true hug. If I had hugged my dad in that previous dream, it would have been my mind hugging my dad. It wouldn't have been a true hug. And somehow I knew that, and it, it, that stopped me from hugging him. It's, it's powerful, this is. It's absolutely powerful. I love it. And I'll put it here. Dad had the nicest, warmest smile, but he had tears like he was crying. But it was like he was crying inside of himself. It was weird because his tears wasn't. His tears weren't coming out of his eyes. It's as if his tears were inside of his eyes. That's why I said it. It's like, it's like something. It's like there was somebody inside of Dad. It was, it's quite weird. It just, I, I loved my, in that moment, it was pure love. 
Dad, do you feel trapped? I mean, I kept repeating that as if it's important. So, like, maybe, like, you could interpret this as maybe my dad is crying on the inside and he feels trapped and all he needs is a hug. And, like, maybe a hug would set us both free. You don't know, do you? <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I would love to talk to my dad again. I, I have tried to talk to my dad, but seems as I was the one who stopped talking to my dad, I can understand that he now doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> it's quite funny, that. It's almost like a karma thing. What goes around comes around. So I tried to talk to my dad, but he he wouldn't talk to me now. So <laughs> it's funny, that is. The thing is, I know when I stopped talking to my dad, I did it for all the right reasons. So like, if I was to die right now... I would die smiling because I know that I didn't stop talking to my dad for horrible reasons and that's very important I think. So if we can get talking again maybe I could give him a proper hug and it would help it would help us both. I'll tell you what would be amazing is what would be amazing is if last night my dad had a dream of us hugging and if imagine if he was imagine if he was he had a powerful experience as well. And, like, that would be amazing if somehow that dream went into my dad's dream. That would be cool. I've put here, we want to be free. Stuff in this life that keeps us trapped. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, as I was waking up from this one, oh, this is, this is weird as well. As I was waking up from this one, I was seeing lots of shapes. Lots of those, like, geometric shapes which I've had before is, what's it called? I think it's called hypno, hypnopompic, hypnagogic and hypnopompic or something. It's where as you're going to sleep or waking up, you see random shapes. So again, I was waking up thinking it's those shapes again. And I managed to write that down. <laughs> Internal burp right there. But what happened was, yeah, this is weird. Just before, quite is it a coincidence, just before that lady went to the toilet in the dream, she was watching security cameras because what had happened was they had just done a bank robbery. She was watching security cameras. There, there was another bloke in this dream. This is weird. She was watching on a security camera, but I was inside of the live feed. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's almost like inside of these dreams, your awareness is, is able to put itself into different dream characters whilst at the same time remaining outside of it. It's unbelievably weird. But this dream character, this lady, was watching security cameras and what happened was the bloke that I'd previously been watching in the dream, he, had he she said, he's he's watching the beetle. Because <laughs> so what he was doing was he was watching this hole where the police could get through I got the impression that he was like guarding the entrance for them but instead of looking at this entrance he he was what he was now watching the beetle so he got distracted by the beetle and when I wrote that down I didn't realize as I wrote this in my dream diary I realized the beetle was in the previous dream so it's almost again like the the previous dream of that beetle it came into this into this later dream 
and I didn't realise until I wrote that down. So again, it's it's like the dream is saying there's something important about this beetle. And the fact that that guy got distracted by the beetle, maybe it's talking about being distracted by fear or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's quite fascinating, isn't it? These dreams. Little pe- I wonder if... Huh, imagine if hand puppets dream. Dennis, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming, Dennis? Dennis, are you dreaming? Are you dreaming? <laughs> not anymore, you're not. Wake up, Dennis. It's time to stop dreaming. That's basically it for these two little lucid dreams. All about my nan and my dad, but linked to my childhood. Just thought about that. That's quite amazing. My nan and my dad are both linked to my childhood. I got strangled as a child, which was nothing to do with my dad. But my nan is the person who looked after me when I got strangled. My dad, I went and lived with my dad after I got strangled. So my dad looked after me after my nan had looked after me. So there's there's a connection there. Something going on. Because I've been thinking about why is my dad... Why, when I try to go after my childhood, does my dad keep coming up? The only thing I can think of is... What are we on here? 36 minutes. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is when I... It's quite a complicated little story, but... So I got strangled as a child. Afterwards, I became... I had social anxiety and panic attacks around people. I basically became scared of people. But before before that happened, I went... My nan looked after me for... I'm not sure. It was a few weeks or months. I lived with my nan up in London. Because she. I basically got taken out of my home with my mum... Because my mum's boyfriend strangled me. So I got taken out of that environment. My nan looked after me. But during that period, I was... I feel like that was the the last time in my life that I was super happy. For like, until just recently. So what happened was, my nan, she once said... Because me and my nan used to go out everywhere with this couple next door. We'd go on these like little little adventures. It was so much fun. But my nan, one day she said, as I was having my breakfast, and she said, "You were laughing so much in your dreams last night, or you were laughing so much in your sleep last night that that you woke me up." <laughs> I actually woke her up laughing in my dreams. So goodness knows what I was dreaming about back then. But that's like the last period of my life I remember. Almost like not caring what people thought of me. And then, so then I went and lived with my dad. And I had this, when I went back to school, I I was just like scared of people. I was having panic attacks and social anxiety and stuff. One little thing I can think about with my dad, because I'm trying to work out what's going on. There's a, there's a thing my dad used to do. What he would do was, I don't blame my dad for this, because looking at it now, it's, it's quite funny. But you've got to put yourself into the thing of a child who has just been strangled and is scared of people. 
this probably wasn't the wisest thing for my dad to be doing. But what my dad would do was, I'd say be sat next to him on the sofa, minding my own business. My dad would suddenly raise his arm up into the air, and as if he was, it's as if he was going to hit you. Like you'd do that as if he's going to hit you, but instead of hitting you, he would just slowly brush his hair. <laughs> so it's it's like looking at it. You can look at it one way and say that's really quite funny. But you can look at it another way as that's like some sort of psychological flipping, almost like, um, yeah, some sort of psychological bullying thing. It's like, and he would keep doing it. So you'd be standing in the kitchen, having a conversation, like my dad's cooking, you're having a conversation. He would suddenly raise his hand as if he's going to hit you. So, and what ended up happening was I ended up flinching all the time. And I've got this very like strong memory I was always flinching at school and what would happen was I'd be in the classroom I remember one time in what was that class called where you created like woodwork we was in a we was in the classroom doing woodwork somebody next to me just moved they just moved like they didn't do nothing they just slightly moved and I flinched and the person turned to me and said why do you always flinch why are you always flinching and I didn't say nothing but I knew it's because my dad was doing that thing so I feel like there is some sort of some sort of psychological thing going on there there's some sort of some sort of deep like uh, I don't even know what what it is it's basically it can't have been good to have somebody doing that because it's but I don't understand like if I was doing that to somebody firstly I don't mm, I wouldn't say I wouldn't ever do it because I I think it would be funny I can imagine it being funny if you're not if you haven't put yourself into that person's shoes I would imagine it'd be it's just a harmless fun yeah but it's probably like the it's probably just the timing of it because of what I'd been through it probably just made it made me more scared of people I, I imagine it must have done it turned me into a flincher though and that flinching stayed with me for years even now I still find myself flinching at sudden movements it's quite weird so it's it's it really highlights how harmless little actions can psychologically like have quite deep rooted things so but I can't see how that could be I can't see how that could be like something that I need to process in a dream. So I I can't imagine that is the only reason my dad keeps popping into these dreams when I'm trying to work out stuff to do with my childhood is it must be something more than that. Unless that really did affect me a lot more than I, f- I thought. It's fascinating. But the plot th- thickens. <laughs> The plot thickens. Little, little Dennis. I'm gonna do something. Look, little Dennis. You right there? Hey. Oh, that's another thing. At school. Yeah. See, at school, when people started to realise that I was a flincher, you started having other kids going like that. So even kids started doing it because, yeah, you can you can see how it starts to, you can see how that little action by dad which is harmless 
it's, it's no it's just a little bit of fun it creates a situation where I start flinching so then people at school kids for fun start doing things to make you flinch which now yes I can imagine how that would make me scared of people because you would start thinking that everybody's going to start doing that to make you flinch so yeah if you start analyzing this you could start you could start connecting the dots and seeing how yeah maybe that is maybe that is quite an important part of why I was scared of people it's, it's interesting after to I, if next time I see dad in a lucid dream I'm going to say to him no there's nothing to say to him because he wouldn't know he doesn't need to know that or does he <laughs> does he need to know that that affected me the way it did maybe what am I going to get out of that nothing really what what am I going to get out of telling my dad that it affected me maybe dad would say I'm sorry and maybe that would be enough <laughs> yes we shall see so the next little lucid dream is from day 745 17th of December 2019 and my goal was I just wrote dream show me what I need to see and I repeated it before going to bed dream show me what I need to see not what but what I need to see <laughs> so I'm calling this one wooden birds oh, I love this this dream I can still see it in my head it was incredible so I'd, I'd had quite a lot of dreams before this really sort of yeah it was a lot of dreams going on but what happened was I was I can't remember how the birds happened I was just walking around outside and I started seeing these little wooden birds everywhere I saw a wooden bird over here and they had these, I wasn't lucid at this time these little wooden birds had like engravings in them as if somebody had created these little wooden birds and then carved symbols into the birds and they almost looked like little planes they were birds but they were like planes it you, you i felt like if i picked one of those up and threw it it would glide like a little paper plane it was like that but there was loads of these little wooden birds around and i, I in the dream my dream self was thinking these are amazing but i was also thinking why are they wooden birds this doesn't seem right i looked up in the sky there was this massive wooden bird massive wooden bird swooping down at me its wings were fully out like that i would say it was like what you would imagine a dragon to look like if if a big dragon was in the sky but this this wooden bird was swooping down at me and when I, after i woke up i thought to myself that should have scared me really but it didn't in dream i, I went what did i do i made a noise i think i went whoosh <laughs> as this bird came down i went whoosh at which point i became lucid and it was, I feel like what happened was I became lucid because these wooden birds were so weird. And then what I did was I looked up at the sky and the wooden bird, that wooden bird was over over there. There's loads of little wooden birds on the floor. And then I saw these big pulsating blue rings. It looked like, it looked like a moon, but it was just the outside of it, like a ring. And it, it pulsated there. And then it, it as it, it pulsated into vision... 
as it pulsated out, it moved and pulsated in again. And it did this about four times. And what I did was I put my hands out because I knew I was dreaming. I wanted to fly through these rings. So what I did was I put my hands out like Superman to, to fly into these rings. At which point, instead of flying up into the rings, I started flying into the ground. And inside of the dream, I remember thinking, ah, you've got you've got to go down before you can go up. <laughs> and then I, that, that was it. I woke up. So it was a very little... It was a very little lucid dream, but like again, this thing about interpreting your dreams. It when I woke up, I just thought to myself, "That's kind of almost like a bit of wisdom, really." Sometimes it's what my Reiki healer said. She, once she did, she did this Reiki session, and she said it might get worse before it gets better. It was a bit like that. I wanted to go up into these rings. It's as if a dream was saying, "You've got to go down." before you can go up so it's quite fascinating the best thing about this dream though was the imagery these little wooden birds they they're amazing i would like to have one as a little model really what i would like to do is i would like to become lucid and studied the symbols but when those rings come up i got i got preoccupied by the rings and that's basically all i can remember without reading so in my little dream diary, what did I put? Yeah, as I started going down instead of up, I, I thought, oh well, go low to go high. <laughs> so you have to go low before you can go high. I was saying thank you to everyone. What else is it? I think that's basically it. Yeah, that was it really for that one. Afterwards, I was having dreams about a nurse doing operations, cutting off my top top of my finger. It's a bit weird. <laughs> That's basically it. I really enjoyed that dream. Though. It's one of those dreams where I think if I had been, I would just like to have gone through those rings to see what what was what was going on. I love seeing rings, and something I've noticed is in my regular dreams, I hardly ever look at the sky. I'm, I, I can't even really remember seeing sky in my regular dreams. Whenever I'm in a lucid dream, nine times out of ten, if I look at the sky, it's either full of thousands of stars, all in different colours and shining, beautiful, or there's wormholes. So, like, I just think to myself, why is it? Why is that always happening? Why is the sky always full of wormholes and stuff? There must be something to it. But the next little lucid dream which was from, which one? Oh, it was the next day, I think. Day 746 on the 18th of December. So this was quite fun, actually. Before I went to bed, I was watching a Robert Wagner video and he was talking about lucid dreaming in, like, in front of people. And what he said was, he said, people, a lot of, pe- a lot of lucid dreamers spend their time flying having sex and just stuff like that like really just fun things and i remember at the time thinking i don't do stuff like that i i just want information because i think to myself these dreams are so lucid dreams you might go weeks without a lucid dream and like no matter how hard you try to have lucid dreams 
you're never guaranteed lucid dreams. I may never have another lucid dream. So I just always think to myself, if if I have this gift of a lucid dream, I don't really want to waste it by just flying around and stuff when I could be like going into my into my psyche, I suppose, going into my subconscious and trying to improve my waking life. But the weird thing was, as I said, as I thought to myself, I don't do any of that stuff. Something inside of me said, yeah, why don't you? So then, before I went to bed, after watching that video, I wrote my goal. I wrote, have fun. So I said, dream, show me something fun. And that was my little goal. I've never done anything like this before, because I've always really wanted information. Because I'm quite... I just, I just love... I just love analysing information after the dream. So I, but this is really weird. So I was having, I had loads of dreams before I became lucid. One of the things I've wrote in my dream was the power of meditation. Because in one of my regular dreams, I was, I was talking about how one hour of meditation was like one thousand hours of something else. So, and I just remember, I just remember thinking the power of meditation so this little lucid dream i'm calling it bouncy bouncy (laughs) and this is amazing i can remember this one i don't need to read it really so what happened was as i can't remember how i became lucid yes i can yeah this goes into something else as well in a regular dream my dad was chasing me again i wish i had become lucid with my dad because i would like to have faced my dad and see what's going on but in in the stream my dad was chasing me he was trying to get in this door and I was keeping the door closed but there was a panel of glass in the middle and I could see him he managed to get in through the door and I jumped through this panel of glass almost like shape-shifted I was zooming about and then I ended up out in the middle of nowhere but I could feel that my dad was looking for me so I had to hide I then became lucid and I became lucid in this, it was like back gardens. I was hiding in people's back gardens, trying to get away. So there was all these back gardens all over the place. As I became lucid, there was like, it's as if there was a bathtub in the garden. It's as if the garden, one of the gardens had like a little sink or a little hole where the water goes down. And it looked like blood draining down in the hole, which if I hadn't been, if my goal hadn't been, to have fun I probably would have gone into that because that's quite a little bit creepy but quite fascinating like why why would it why would there be blood just in the middle of guard that's weird <laughs> so but what I did was I became lucid in this garden and I just remembered straight away I remember I remembered what my goal was something else happened here as well so What happened was, as I became lucid, I remember my goal, which was, I said, dream, show me something fun. I was walking around these gardens and I was thinking, this is, I started thinking, this isn't very fun. Nothing fun's happening. And I was getting a bit disappointed, at which point the dream started to to go. It's, it does this weird thing where you can, you can feel that the dream is about to break and you're about to wake up. But I, in the dream, which I think this is massively powerful I remember saying, the dream doesn't have to end. It's your belief is going to make the dream end. So I said, I believe the dream isn't going to end. And I managed to stop the dream 
like shaking. And I, made, I managed to stabilise the dream just by saying that I believe the dream isn't going to finish, which I felt really quite powerful. I kept walking around these gardens thinking, dream, show me something fun. At which point I, I realised that the, the ground was like a trampoline. <laughs> and this is really fun. So it's really fun, but it's also fascinating. So what happened was I started bouncing on this grass, on yeah, on the grass, like a trampoline. I was going higher and higher until at some point the dream, which I was in the garden, so there was sky, but the sky had like a, a boundary. So I managed to hit the top of the dream. And when I hit the top of the dream, the top of the dream was like another bouncy castle. So what it did was it bounced me back down faster. And then as I hit the ground, I bounced up faster, like a like a bouncy ball, as if you threw a bouncy ball against two walls. It's going it was going faster and faster and faster. I was going so fast that the dream like the vision of the dream it stretched out of existence. <laughs> Crazy. And I started thinking I started feeling a bit like I couldn't handle it. It was going too fast. So the dream all of basically that there was no visions at all. I was still bouncing up and down. I thought I've got to slow down. This is too fast. I slowed myself down and like got myself back into the dream. In the same place, there was loads of people now. And what did they say? Which this is what I thought was amazing. Oh, I know what. Yes, a little robin made me lucid. In the garden, there was a little my robin. My spirit animal is the robin. It's, I got I love robins. And this this little robin was it kept showing up in this dream. As I was running away from my dad, this little robin kept flying and I was following the robin. I just felt like this robin was going to take me to safety. And this robin kept appearing and flying and I kept following it. Finally, I just realised that I was dreaming because this robin, I've seen these robins so many times. I've become lucid so many times because of robins. So they're like one of my little dream signs. But so what happened was I... Yeah, yeah. What happened was I became lucid and all these people around me and I said, what is it I said? I must get, I've got to make sure I get this right. I've got so much written down in here. I said, blurred out of existence due to speed. I said, (laughs) the only, oh, I can't find what I've wrote. I know what it is, but I want to get the words right became chased by dad well basically what it is is we are all one basically we're all one but it's it's motion that brings us it's motion that separates us because this bloke there was loads of people around but one bloke was standing next to me and he was saying motion is what separates Basically, what you were saying was everybody is the same person. So there's only one person, but motion separates that one person into multiple people. And you can look at that. So when I woke up and I I wrote about it, I just thought to myself, well, you could look at time as motion. So time could, because without time, nothing exists. But I would imagine everything is going to become one without time. 
So you can look at motion as being like time. But I've also, I've talked about this before, spinning seems to be key. Well, again, Robert Wagner, he said, if you want to stabilise a dream, start spinning. If you spin, it seems to stabilise the dream. But I, I went into this on a podcast before about how like when you get drunk, you start spinning. When you're going into an outer body, you get this spinning sensation. So there seems to be something to do with spinning. And I started thinking, what if spinning is the motion that is separating us? It's just something to think about, really. But I just found it amazing how this bloke come along and I've had this really fun dream of bouncing around. And then the bloke explained what that represented. So then when I've woken up, I've... I just thought it was amazing. I really, I really loved that. Yeah, I put the world had a, a roof, which was quite crazy. And that's basically it, really. That is one of my favouritest dreams. So, this is where it gets a little bit weirder. Blurred out of existence. As I was waking up out of this dream, a couple of things happened. So, false awakenings are where you wake up you go about your life as if you've woken up, only to realise that you've not actually woken up, you're still dreaming. So you're like in a dream within a dream. So as I woke up from this one, I I was able to realise I was in a false awakening before I was in the false awakening. I've never done that before. In other words, the, the false awakening wasn't tricking me. As I was waking up, I was saying to myself, this is a false awakening. I hit a light switch and it was... And I, so I said, just wake up again. And I did that three times before I finally woke up. And it was quite, again, this was quite powerful because I thought to myself, you're not being tricked by the false awakenings again. It's like, it's as if I was one step ahead of the false awakenings. So I was able to bypass that that little thing that sometimes wipes your memory. Because if you have a false awakening, it's very... Very often you'll forget the dream. So again, that was really powerful. But what happened was I wrote my dreams out. I then tried to go back to sleep. And I went into this weird place where I was asleep but awake. And I got this really vivid, I wouldn't say imagery. It was like information, but visually. But it wasn't much visuals. It was weird. But what it said was, it said... Everybody is a book. So every human being is a book. And it goes into this thing about this um, speed thing. So speed is what separates us. It's almost this little imagery thing I had is almost the reverse of it. So what it says was each person is a book. What happens is all these books get squeezed together into one book. So, so each page is every single page of all the books on one page it's a bit like a paradoxical thing again it's it's almost like a a 3d a 3d thing it's like 3d within 3d so i almost can't really explain it i was struggling to explain it but what i saw was a book which it's as if everybody's life I would say, like, when we die, all of our stories become books, and all these books go into one big book. So there's only one book that exists, 
but that book has all of the books within it. So let's say there's a hundred people, you're going to have a hundred books, but there's only going to be one book. So that one book will have page one. So if you were to read page one, you would be reading page one of person one. If you turn the page, this is what it said. It said, if you turn the page, person one's story will continue. But it said, if you go back to the, if you go, if you finish page one, and instead of turning the page, you go back to the start of page one, it will move on to person two. If you then turn the page, it will go to page two of person two. But let's say you was on page one, you read page one and you thought, I don't like this story. You could go back to the beginning. You would then start reading a new story on that same page. You could do that, say, 20 times. If you then had a really fascinating story, you turn the page, it would it would go to page two of person 20. So it's almost this weird thing of it's 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 almost like I can't really explain it. It's like as if that book is almost like some sort of hologram. <laughs> yeah, it's like some sort of hologram where one single book can contain every single person's story. It's quite weird, but then I started because what I didn't know was what would happen if you was on page twenty, and you went back to page nineteen. Because I started thinking, would you be able to? Let's say you went to page twenty. Could you go? I don't know. Could you start thinking if? Hmm. Let's just say this is what was going on. I started thinking to myself, what happens if you was on page twenty, you didn't like it, you went to the instead of going back to page one, you went to the top of page twenty. Would it be possible and let's say you was on person twenty, this is a bit I know it's a bit complicated maybe. Let's say you was on person twenty on page twenty, which could say represent year twenty of their life. So let's say you're you're at year twenty of person twenty. You get to the bottom of that page and let's say something bad happens and they die and you don't want it to end like that. If you went back to the start of page 20, I was wondering, is it possible you could then carry on person 20's story but have a new story so they may not die at the end of that one? And then I started thinking, let's just say this is what was going on. That could sort of explain deja vu because it could be that if you were to go back to the top of page 20... The first, say, five words of that page would have to be almost identical to the previous version of that page 20 because the story would be continuing. But at which point, you, let's just say you was reading and also changing the story. So you're sort of reading. It might even be that you're writing the story as you're reading it. Some weird thing like that. So you could, you'd have to carry on the story at the point at which page 19 ended but you would be able to change it. But that little, those little five words at the start of page 20, it would trigger like a deja vu because you would think, I've been here before. <laughs> so I, I just thought, if that's, I just thought, I found it really fascinating. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it for ages because I, I was thinking, because I have thought to myself, like this thing that we're inside of, they say it's, we're inside of like a dream or virtual reality or something. It might just be that we're inside of a story that somebody's writing. So they're writing it in real time. <laughs> it's quite weird. But again, it's fascinating. These whole things are fascinating. 
fascinating something else here inside of this dream my dad when he was behind the door trying to get through this door he called me son he either called me son or male through the door and i said no i either said female or i'm not your son so there's some weird stuff going on here with gender definitely something going on with gender linked to my dad's and stuff and i'll put it here three false awakenings upon waking but i just breezed past them exactly i they didn't have any power on me like normal i was just able to it's almost like i was able to wake up straight from the point at which i originally wanted to wake up i woke up in one motion but i went through three potential false awakenings so instead of getting taken in by the false awakenings i just went straight through them so it meant that i i woke up straight from the dream which is quite amazing going into this thing about like wormholes and stuff it makes me wonder whether these false awakenings could be like a like a wormhole hmm the plot thickens <laughs> i like that oh here it is this is what the bloke said he said the only reason we are separate is due to movement brackets motion up and down so that's quite mad yeah it's, it's just amazing so i love little lucid dreaming and i really hope you enjoyed enjoyed those little dreams and hopefully do this again next time yeah the key the key the key there's two keys to lucid dreaming i think one is well there's three actually one is keeping a dream diary one is interpreting the dreams <laughs> and the other one i think is listening to people talking about lucid dreaming because it just seems to it's almost like seeding your mind with lucid dreaming but even if you do that you could spend all day listening to lucid dreaming it's not going to guarantee you a lucid dream this is why they're so special so but i'm so glad that i did allow myself to have fun yeah i allowed myself to have fun in a, in a lucid dream and it just it created this incredible experience like the feeling of bouncing up and down it, it was amazing it was amazing the best bit was seeing the world just stretching out of existence <laughs> it's quite amazing but then what i loved was that i by slowing myself down i could bring it back but you do wonder what would have happened if i hadn't have stopped it like i've had that feeling before where i feel like i'm stretching the world out of existence and it it's it's not just a visual thing it's a it's a feeling thing as well you really feel you really feel like massive tension as if it's going to snap but I, w I would love to be able to get to a point where i can go through that snapping phase just to see what's on the other side it's probably a fear i would imagine that is stopping you because you f you feel like you're going to get stretched you feel like you're going to get stretched and break you feel like you're going to break so it's fascinating but if you wanted to find show notes and stuff you can find them at sophielawson.com you can find the podcast at youtube.com slash sophielawson this week's inspirational quote I, have, I don't know what it is yet I'm just going to 
flick to a page in this book by Joseph Campbell called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. I've tried to read this book three times, I think, and every time I tried to read it, something inside of me has said, this is not the right time to read it. And I do, I do sort of believe that because every time I've gone back to it, I've got, I've understood so much more about what he's talking about from other things. And I almost feel like I'm going to get, by listening to, uh, by having experiences, especially like in my dreams and stuff, the point at which I sit down to read this book, ah, how amazing is this? The cover of that book has got thousands of faces on it. A hero with a thousand faces. A hero with a thousand faces. That's just like that dream. One hero with a thousand faces. In other words, all those thousand faces are just one one person. <laughs> this is crazy. So I'm going to get a quote from this book here. And I'm going to go... Yeah, the problem with this book is it's telling stories. So... Right. Actually, I'm going to read this little bit here. So this is from page 234 and it says it's got the number four and it says within space dash life oh this isn't going to make sense what i'll do actually is i'll read the first page i'll read something from the beginning because he'll probably have a little quote oh i'm going to read this this week's inspirational quote is going to be the first little piece of this book At his death in 1987, Joseph Campbell left a significant body of published work that explored his lifelong passion, the complex of universal myths and symbols that he called Mankind's One Great Story. I'm going to leave it at that, because that's beautiful. Mankind's One Great Story. This is what I'm saying. I'm convinced... I'm convinced we are all... I think we're all having separate stories within one big story. Uh, That's going to be beautiful. So this week's little inspirational quote from Joseph Campbell is going to be Mankind's One Great Story.